The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Monday. Well, Jalen Knight, apparently a few things changed while I was gone. Our intro music. <laughs> Bree is just keeping us on our toes. It's all good. Yeah, no problem at all. A happy uh, belated anniversary, by the way. Yes, thank you. Didn't uh, learn of that until I arrived in Prince George and saw your tweet. Yeah, and you missed out because our, our good friend Kelly Keene mm. and her husband Wyatt brought us in a beautiful collection of treats from Duchess Bakery. Lovely. I mm-hmm. didn't see those anywhere when nope. I... Okay, well, fair. Nope, took nope. them home. That's fine. Oh, made them all weekend. Anyways, happy anniversary. Three years. That's yeah, lovely. three years. So listen, it's uh, Blue Monday. Tis. Uh, so which the was reason, really I guess, let's for the music. Yeah. yeah, and we have some blue type music throughout the day. Songs with blue in them. Nice. But we also have happy tunes in there as well. And if there's a tune that makes you happy, let me know. Maybe we can uh, get to it today. But really, Blue Monday. You know, they say it's that combination of day when you're. Resolutions are out the window. You got on the scale and you're like, oh my gosh, the uh, credit card bills from uh, Christmas are showing up. And uh, someone tried at one point to put together some sort of little algorithm that came up with this day. Cliff, but it's all a bunch of hooey. That's right. His name was Cliff Arnall. He was a part-time tutor at the University of uh, somewhere in England, I think. Um, yeah. But he was commissioned by Sky Travel Holiday Agency now in England. Now defunct, by the way. Right, exactly. He was a, uh, sorry, a part-time tutor at Cardiff University in mm-hmm. England. The whole idea was a marketing campaign. Uh, the idea being that, listen, this is the saddest day of the year, so a great day to book a vacation. Um, but, of course, the good, the upside of that... It is a hoax. But the upside of that is that it's always good when people talk about mental health. Absolutely. The downside of it is serious mental health problems are not cured by booking a vacation. That's right. So <laughs> so you can you know, pretty much blow that one out. Right. Um, Let's, I think we gave it as much as we, we need to. It, you know, we had Dr. Gantz on uh, during the time you were with us, so mm-hmm. the first week in January. And we talked about this. In general, January, February is kind yeah. of a... You know, it's a tough month. And, you for know, people. they say you know, get moving, and yeah, there's not as much sunlight. Yep. And one of those uh, light being the one of those factor, uh, yeah. seasonal affective disorder lights, the blue lights, or the there's blue ones, and there's a different color. There's like a white light as well. I have one in my dressing room. Yes, I have one in my office. Yeah, and yep. it's just nice to turn on in the morning when I'm getting ready for work, and mainly during the winter. Mm-hmm. Not every day, but on those days where you're thinking, it's probably a good idea if I had some happy light right now. <laughs> you know what? Uh, somebody just suggested on our texting page, yeah. as, uh, and you can text us anytime at 630-630. Girls just want to have fun. Yeah. Uh, that's one of my favorite songs, so yeah. I hope that made the list. Hey, Bree, can you put Cindy Lauper? Gross is not listening to us. Oh, okay. Well, we'll track that one down, because I like listening to it as well, especially when I'm working out. So if you have a happy song, a song that makes you happy. We'll try and find it for you. And, and you know what makes me happy? Todd Hirsch, of course, will be on the show today, because right. it's Monday. Um, he'll we- come up with another edition of uh, The Hoot. Hoot. And we can't forget about this, because everybody's been talking about this 
seemingly impending disaster <laughs> in Hawaii over the weekend. My, that is some crazy stuff. My girlfriend... Kim is down there with her family right now, and she just put up on Facebook, you know, that whole alert says, well, this was a fun morning. Yeah. But uh, Jay Hatton from our sister station, 92.5 Fresh Radio, was in Hawaii hmm. when he received that. We're going to talk to him coming up in about uh, five, ten minutes or so. But, hey, you were in the thriving metropolis of... No, uh, Prince, Prince, Prince George, George, B.C. So let me uh, give this to you in a nutshell. Had a great time. It's a great little town, good people, very friendly. Uh, the comedy club is practically brand new. It's a couple of months old. Um, but without going into specifics, <laughs> I'll describe it as this. That if you were an individual who came into, legitimately came into a lot of money, mm-hmm. and in this case through real estate, and you decided to invest in something, and your interest was cooking. So you went and you built in your home a beautiful kitchen with all the top-end appliances, uh, industrial-grade everything, and uh, the pots and pans of the highest quality, cooking knives that are so sharp they can cut a car in half. If you invested in all of that, it doesn't make you a cook. It means that (laughs) you've got all the best equipment, uh, but you're not really sure how to use it. So... That sums up this uh, comedy club. They, it, it's beautifully constructed. It's brilliant the way they've laid it out. Um, but at this point in time, and they're new, um, they don't actually know how to run a comedy club. So, you know, I'm a bit of a shrinking uh, violet when it comes to this sort of thing. So I practically said nothing all week. I'm sure. I couldn't stop telling them how to run it. Uh, but it's just one of those things where it's kind of like this. Here's an example. The show starts at 7. Except it doesn't. It starts at 7.20. Uh, because uh, Prince George is a last-minute sort of town, I was told. And uh, the doorman seats you, uh, but she doesn't really. She just escorts you to whatever table you'd like to sit at. Um, there was just lots of stuff like that, where when I was talking to the owner, uh, and a great guy, the owner, and I said, uh, so, you know, the, the, the audience tells you when the show starts, and the audience tells you when where they sit? Mm-hmm. He was like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's how we do it in Prince George. And I was like, okay. did they tell you how much they'd be prepared to pay for beer or food? Or do you determine that? And he goes, well, I determine that. I go, you're supposed to determine all of that. You're the boss. You're the boss. You tell you start the show on time no matter what, because if you start it late, you're training the audience to come late. Mm-hmm. And 7.15 becomes 7.30 mm-hmm. becomes 7.45, right? Um, and, of course, they're using locals, which is great, because every comedy club should develop local talent. That's very critical, and they're doing that, but there's no professional living there, so there's no one actually teaching them how to do comedy. So they've developed over two months some very, very bad habits. <laughs> uh there was some bad weather as well. Well, WestJet uh, couldn't land because of the fog, mm. and uh, we were just sort of told... We were at a Tim Hortons on the day we were leaving, Emily Burden and I. She was uh, my opening act, and we were having a coffee, talking to a local, actually teaching her how to be an MC. And we both got these notifications saying, your flight time has changed, and it changed to 10 in the morning the next day. <laughs> oh, the flight was canceled. <laughs> yeah. So I texted you almost immediately saying, hey, heads up. Like, right now, I can't get out of Prince George. So we headed to the airport where Air Canada had a flight out. So we immediately purchased one-way tickets to Vancouver, because if I could at least get to Vancouver, I should be able to get to Edmonton using the balance Somehow, of my WestJet yes. flight. You know? um, and then we went to WestJet, who was lined up forever as they tried to accommodate people. But I got to give uh, full credit to WestJet, 
especially the uh, their staff in Prince George, but also their social media people, mm-hmm. because we finally got to the counter, and I told the guy, so here's what I've done. Like, I'm not taking that 10 a.m. flight, so I'm taking that Air Canada flight that goes at 5.30. I need you to get me a WestJet flight out of Vancouver that matches that flight. He was like, let's not do that. Let's get you home sooner. Mm. And he uh, booked me on a Central Mountain Air flight. <laughs> How was that? It was interesting, because as I checked in, and by the way, Air Canada refunded me for my yep. ticket. He gave me my bag back, and as I checked in, uh, he said, oh, you know, you're going to be happy with this flight, the Central Mountain Air guy said, because Air Canada is going to cancel their flight, too. Like, if WestJet cancels, Air Canada cancels, same fog, right? And I went, okay, but you're not going to cancel? And he said, no. And I go, so why can you take off when Air Canada and WestJet we can't? Be- yeah, because, because we're Central Mountain Air. Mm-hmm. Fair enough, buddy. But, of course, there was things like seat selection that I'd paid for. There was an upgrade to Plus from the Vancouver to Edmonton mm-hmm. portion. So I went on social media, and we've talked about WestJet's social media team before, and I DM'd them saying, hey, here's my name, here's my file number, here's what happened. How do I get a refund for these things, right? And got an answer within 10 minutes from uh, their social media team saying, thank you so much for reaching out and for your understanding for the circumstances. It's already been refunded it's to your account. It's been taken care of, yeah. Yeah, and they, they were just, they were fabulous. And have a great trip. You'll love Central Mountain Air, all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's it's amazing. And again, I know some of you uh, folks aren't on, on Twitter, and um, but what I have found is even just dealing with the final yeah. bits of something that happened on our, on our last trip, boom, all taken care They're of. They're so Responsive. It was. They just DM, DM me, let me know. Boom, boom, boom. It's yep. taken care of. And it, usually not snottily either. No, not at all. It's, they were, you know, my, our apologies and move on. So, yeah. And, and a shout out to Central Mountain Air, too, because they will take off in any weather. Mm-hmm. And that's a fast little plane. It doesn't look like much from the outside. Where I tweeted a picture. It was a prop job, yeah. right? But, uh, yeah, they... Uh, they Those got are fun. Us there Buckle in, hurry. in. Hold on. <laughs> exactly. Uh, 2.15 on the 6.30 Chet Afternoon News. Uh, we'll take a break here. When we come back, we'll talk with Jay Hatton, who was in Hawaii when he received that text message about the incoming ballistic missile. What went through his head? What did he do? We'll find out right after this. song is I'm Mr. Blue. Okay. Um, Walking on Sunshine, a great song. Katrina and the Waves. Absolutely. Um, a few others. Girls just want to have fun again. Okay, well, we'll, we'll try and track those down. So you heard over the weekend um, about what happened in Hawaii and now officials in Hawaii saying they've made changes to the alert system that, <laughs> that sent out that errant alert of an impending missile strike. The alert sparked statewide panic. 38 minutes later, a second alert went out informing people that the first alert was a mistake. I thought the Travis Tritt song, Great Day to Be Alive, (laughs) was appropriate as we dial up our counterpart at our sister station, 92.5 Fresh Radio, Jay Hatton. He's the morning guy downstairs. Hey, Jay. Hey, how's it going? Good. Uh, What was Hawaii like on the weekend? (laughs) You know what? It was... It was very scary for about 
for me for about 15 minutes. And then it was honestly business as usual. Now, we were in Maui. So keep in mind, I, I think the main alarm was for Honolulu. So that kind of made a bit of a difference. But uh, basically, it went off at 8 a.m. So we're on vacation. You, you can imagine you know, you're sleeping in on vacation, right? <laughs> and uh, all of a sudden, our phone started buzzing. And it's like it's a different alarm than normally you would, you would get. Like it was loud. It was vibrating. It was it was just a sound that I've never heard my phone make before. So and then mine and my girlfriend's were both going off. And so we check it out. And then we get that alarm that says ballistic missile threat inbound to Hawaii. Seek, seek immediate shelter. This is not a drill. So I, I, how did you get that at uh, the alert? It said emergency alert, ballistic missile threat inbound to Hawaii. Seek immediate shelter. This is not a drill. But how was your phone set up to get that alert? I just over the cellular signal. Like I just, yeah. uh, it was an umbrella text, I guess, which is... And they push I mean, it out the based end, on your all, location wow, services. Right. Yeah. So yes, everyone got it. Yeah. Wow. So, in the end, I mean, the fact that we were getting this message and, and like everybody in the resort getting the same message, and they were able to get that to us so fast. Which is, and like the sound, like honestly, like it, it's like, what's wrong with your phone? Like it felt like something was broken on the phone, it was making a noise I've never heard. So, and then, um, and then it says seek shelter. Now, here's the thing: we're we're at a resort. Like it's uh, there's <laughs> there's literally glasses in the windows in every room. We're on the fifth floor, and there's beach in front of us. And there was a sugarcane field behind us. There is no shelter to seek. Like it's kind of that's absolutely that scary part. So when when you when you both receive that message and you, you you look each other and say what, like what the I can't even imagine. And what do you well, do? Where, the, what do you? Yeah, the go to the bathroom. Was, uh, we, we were just getting out of bed, so yeah. it was like that, that's what woke us up. So it's kind of like what the heck is going on? And honestly, the timing like couldn't have been any worse because. The, some of the biggest swells of the year are happening right now. So we kind of thought it was like a tsunami test or maybe there's like a big wave somewhere in Hawaii. Because you kind of just glance at it, oh, yeah, Hawaii. And then all of a sudden you're like, what the missile? This is crazy. And then, so, yeah, you're literally kind of go up and down the stairs a couple of times and look at each other and start sort of thinking about what your plan is going to be. And, and, and what was going on around you? Up. What was everybody else doing? For us in, in Maui, and this is what's weird, is it was honestly, it wasn't that panicky, like, where we were at. Like, there was, like, a lot of families were playing on the beach. Like, you could see them from our window, and, like, they were, they didn't even notice. And and uh, the stories we're hearing from Honolulu are completely different, though. We're hearing, like, hotel fire alarms were going off, and they were banging on their doors. And, like, the hotel staff was banging on the doors, and everybody was telling them to get down to shelter. So we didn't get anything like that. Are you still in Hawaii? We are actually in the airport right now. Okay. Oh, nice. All righty. So what did you end up doing? You, you mentioned staircase. Did you go hide out in the staircase? What did you do until 38 minutes later when that text came through that said, oh, whoops, you know, falsy? Yeah. I literally kind of, like, we got it. We kind of talked about what are our options. I went downstairs to the parking lot. I saw a couple of other families that were kind of standing around. One of the families we talked to had called 911. The line was busy. They were trying to figure out where they should go, and that's which was kind of scary. And uh, and then we kind of went back upstairs, and then literally as we did that, we got the we got the it had been the, the amount of time, and we got the uh, it was a false alarm. And then, you know, of course, around the world, uh, media picked up on this. Everybody heard about it. And we heard the governor of uh, Hawaii issue statements and others uh, suggesting that these kind of false alarms 
must never happen again. And the fact that um, there was a false alarm means there's less confidence in the system and that kind of thing. But what's local press like? Is this still the lead story down there? Oh, yeah, definitely. And it's a long weekend right now in the States because of uh, Martin Luther King Day. So Mm -hmm. uh, you could see everybody was kind of scrambling like the news. And that was kind of the full coverage on Saturday. And then they were just really teasing for this morning and what what they're going to just kind of do some more interviews and stuff with the people that were involved. But one thing I kind of noticed, it seemed like what made it feel like it wasn't so scary. Maybe it was just an accidental. Someone pushed the wrong button on a bad day at work. I was kind of anticipating after after the that it was a warning came out that there would be lots of fighter jets kind of buzzing over and all around the island. I didn't see any military mm-hmm. any anything. The well, you know the reason that really for that is it's a it's a notification system and not a defense system. That's right. the reason, right? Yeah, that actually makes sense. But I just kind of you know sometimes you, you get a lot of pretty high military presence. Well, yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. <laughs> Jay, did you think about, you know, calling, calling family, calling home, talking, you know, I, I, I think if I would have got something like that, I, I might have called my parents. I think, you know what, with the, with the time difference, because it was kind of midday in, um, in Alberta, like we were getting text messages from family and friends as we were trying to plan what the heck we were going to do. It was coming that fast. Like the news got, it seemed like the news kind of went out just as fast as the alarms were coming off for us, so. Um, I think I had a text from my 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 mom about maybe probably by eight twenty our time, hmm. which is like the alarm went off around eight oh seven. So. so, and when that when the when the alert came that said it was a false alarm, you know what? Did you go on with your day? Go down to the beach, hang out, have a have a have an extra pina <laughs> colada? What? what do you do? Honestly, that was that was our thought. We kind of smiled at each other and went whoops, and then you know you have those funny moments where you say to yourself. Hey, we're in Maui. Like, what? How yeah. bad can this be? Do you so know, my we, first thought would have been that, that I'm not the paying the hotel bill. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly. It. And, you know, it's funny because at the place we're staying, it has kind of like a communal barbecue. And afterwards, I was barbecuing dinner that night with a bunch of the dads. That's, That's the way it was. It was just business as usual. Everyone was talking all their day. They were making jokes about it, just like that. About, See, the, hey, hey, you know what? If the bomb drops and we're here, like, what's, what's the worst place to be, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, if you're going to go, yeah. But, you know, it's, yeah. it's interesting, though, right? Because you get the initial warning. You, in your mind, think, I'm sure many people thought, as you said, they were still on the beach, that, well, it's probably a false alarm. It's probably not true, right? But wouldn't right. there be the same doubt about when the alarm is withdrawn? Couldn't that just as easily be a mistake? I mean, were there... That, that's exactly... That's, that's what I was kind of thinking, and then... You know, I started putting my tinfoil hat on and you know, all kinds of theories like, oh, maybe they maybe they shot it down and they, they yeah. actually caught it. But they, I think in, in the end, and then once you started seeing the news reports coming up and people were taking responsibility, responsibility claiming responsibility for yeah for pushing the wrong button and then still uh, hard, uh, still hard to believe, it, still hard to believe was, that someone on shift change could have just, just pushed, pressed the wrong button. button. As someone said on Twitter the other day, it took me, I had to press six buttons to, on my microwave to heat up my dinner. <laughs> right? We were joking that it was probably bring your kid to work day. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Jay, in that moment in time, right after the, uh, uh, right after you got the warning, you didn't blurt out anything to your girlfriend that you regret now, like I would have married you or something like that. Yeah, yeah, no, I did not, thankfully. I think I was too shocked. It worked out perfect for us in a way because we, 
honestly, we've been getting up early like every day on this vacation, and this was the one day we're like, let's just sleep in. What's the worst that can happen? <laughs> oh, that yeah, what's the worst that can happen? Oh, right. Jay Hatton yeah. joining us this afternoon on the phone from Hawaii. Thank you for uh, for filling us in on on how your day um, during that uh, alert message um, kind of all came together. Jay, have a safe trip home. Travel safe travels. Okay. Thanks, guys. We'll see you tomorrow at work. That's Jay Hatton. Oh, hmm. my goodness. It's a small world, by the way. One of the uh, amateur MCs at the club mm-hmm. told me he was in radio, and I said, oh, so am I. I'm with 630 Chet. He said, oh, do you know Jay Hatton? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Jay apparently trained him in uh, Kelowna or somewhere. Um, this is interesting. So um, U.S. President Trump now expressing confidence in the uh, missile alert system after, you know, the alert that went out that caused statewide panic. Um, this reporter, Jim Avila, he's in Honolulu, explains why why it took so long uh, to notify people of the mistake. So why did it take 38 minutes to alert the island? There was no missile on the way. Well, that's because the command center did not have the application needed to pull back the warning loaded into the computer. And it took them 38 minutes to get it loaded. So you can just press the button to send it out, but we can't pull it back. Because we that, don't have the proper Can't you download that from the Play Store? <laughs> <laughs> that should be readily available. Or do they not have high-speed oh. internet? What the... Yeah, you know, oh. it, my girlfriend's down there. She says, you know, the, the, where she was, the beach cleared out pretty fast. Uh-huh. Um, but imagine. again, people didn't know what to do when it says take shelter. They don't know where to take shelter. Where do you take, where do you right. go? What do you do? I saw one picture of a mother encouraging her daughter to get down in a sewer. She had uh, gotten the uh, manhole cover off and she was encouraging. And they're, they're a very dangerous place, sewers. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Lots of things down there that you probably don't want to run into. Oh. Not the least of which is um, electrical uh you know, wiring and so forth. But yeah, weird. Uh, you can be sure, well, it's going to be one of those uh, trips, the stories. Hey, remember that time we were in Hawaii? <laughs> oh, good stories coming out of uh, some scary moments there. Okay, the 2.30 News, Eileen Bell up next. Conversation with Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross. Breaking news with Eileen Bell and sports with Morley Scott. This is the Afternoon News on 630 Chat, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. Here's a little song I wrote. You might want to sing it note for note. Don't worry. Be happy. We are thumbing our nose at Blue Monday. In every life we have some well, we're trying at least. We're going to. <laughs> happy music, happy tunes. Let us know which one makes you happy. We'll get to some of them a little later on. Uh, I don't know if this is going to make you happy. This is interesting. According to researchers at Queen Mary's Wolfson Institute of Preventative Medicine, uh, this is with regard to smoking. They say at least three out of five people who try a cigarette for the first time become daily smokers. Mm-hmm. So in other words, one puff of a cigarette, they say, is enough to get you addicted to smoking. There was uh, 215,000 respondents from eight different surveys from the U.S., the U.K., Australia, New Zealand. And yeah, according to the results, 60% of respondents said they had tried a cigarette. And among those, almost 67% said they had become a daily smoker. So, Chedville smokers... 
or even non-smokers. Was one puff enough for you? How did you start smoking? Because I remember the first time I took a haul on a cigarette, and I think I almost, I got all dizzy. Yeah. I got all green feeling, that awful green feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, tried not to throw up. Like, I didn't enjoy it one little bit. I did go on to smoke uh, for a few years, but not regular smoker. I smoke when I smoked when we went out, like drinking, smoking. I didn't, I would never leave work for a little mm-hmm. while and, and, and have a smoke, that sort of stuff. But I was, a, I, I certainly was a smoker when I was drinking. Like when we would go out Thursday, Friday, Saturday nights. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. When you used to be able to smoke at a bar. In the, in sure. the clubs, right? See, on the surface, when you hear a study that says one smoke or one puff of a yeah. cigarette can addict you to smoking, on the surface, it doesn't seem to pass a laugh test, right? For the reasons that you just mentioned, that, well, my first cigarette didn't taste good or it made me dizzy or ill or whatever. But the truth is, all smokers did start with a single puff of a cigarette. So what you'd have to look at is how many people tried a cigarette and never tried it again. again. And apparently, they're in the minority. Uh According to this study, 67%, as you just said, who tried it once then became, at some point, regular smokers. And the reason for the survey is this, that what they're saying is, the most formative years for smokers is in their teens. Mm-hmm. So we have to double our efforts to stop teenagers from trying cigarettes, even for the first time. And that includes those uh, vape. The, the vape, yeah. The, the, because if they contain nicotine, it has the same effect. So, Chetville, do you believe this? I, I, you know, I'm... Yeah. It doesn't seem to pass it, the it laugh do- test, but it... But, but if you look at all, yeah, but, but your very first cigarette, Andrew. Yes. Was how here old, in Alberta, by the way. How old were you? Um, like 18 or 19. So 18, 19 years old. Did you pick up smoking? Did you become a regular smoking right after that or did it build into it? Well, you know, it's hard to remember. I, I, I mean, I started smoking for the oddest reason. I started smoking because I was working in Alberta, and I was working with the Alberta Forest Service, and your paycheck went into your bank. Mm-hmm. So you didn't see your paycheck. Everything was covered for you in the camp where you were. But you could requisition chocolate or cigarettes, and they would bring you a box of chocolates or, um, you know, a carton of cigarettes. And everybody requisitioned cigarettes because that was the commodity used for gambling yeah, on poker yeah, games. Yeah. So you would, because you had no cash. So I would win at poker and have these cigarettes, and then it didn't seem to make sense not to smoke your winnings. So over the course of a summer, I sort of got into it. It creeps up on you because you don't enjoy those first few cigarettes. You don't even see the point of it. Um, and then you sort of, I got back to university for my final year, and found during exams yeah. I would light a cigarette to ease the stress a little bit and then suddenly 30 years goes by yeah. and you've been smoking that whole time. Yeah, like I, I, I don't know a lot of heavy, heavy smokers, people who smoke all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a very good friend of mine at one point was a very heavy smoker, like rolled out of bed, not even, you know, roll over in bed yeah. and would would light up a smoke and any kind of road trips were with him were just awful because it was just, you know, one after the other, one after the other. Um, I don't know how... See, I, I don't know if people go to heavy-duty smoking immediately. 
is Nor it, do you I. know, is it, uh, you know, oh, we'll have a couple today, and the next thing you know, by in a month from now, maybe you're having a pack a week, and next thing you know, it's a pack a See, couple I, days, and, and it's a and pack a day. I guess this is really what they're saying. They're not saying that if you take one puff of a cigarette, you'll be a pack a day the next day. They're saying that if you take one puff, tomorrow it'll be two, the yeah. next day it'll be three, a week and, from and now it'll be... A very good chance could right, be long-term. And it will end up being a long-term uh, habit. I'd love to hear from the smokers in Chedville how it happened for you. Uh, Jed's on the phone. Hey, Jed. Hi, guys. What's going on? Well, here's how not to smoke. I think we were about eight years old. The old man used to smoke Peter Stuyvesant. And they had the old flip packs, 20s, and the long ones. Mm-hmm. And he used to sit there, and oh, you'd see him smoking in the car, and he'd look pretty cool. And a couple of his buddies would be out in the golf course, and they'd smoke him and give him a flick. So my kid friend and I decided we we're going to steal a pack of the old man's cigarettes and give it a try. The whole pack. Mm-hmm. That's why I don't smoke. You know, that's right, actually. Do you remember the days? We couldn't do it now because you'd end up uh, having your children taken away from you. But there was a day in which your parents, your father particularly, found you smoking a cigarette and made you smoke the whole pack so mm-hmm. that you got sick. And then yeah. you didn't you didn't want to go back to it, right? And that actually yeah. sort of confirms this study because what the study's saying is you have just a puff. And then, yeah. you know, the next day you have a whole cigarette and a week from now you have two cigarettes and that kind of thing. They're not saying... Mm. you get addicted immediately, right? Now, on the other hand, my better half smokes. And I can grab one of her cigarettes and know the way you used to do the old circles coming out of your mouth. Yeah. yeah. She just freaks right out because I'm uh, screwing her cigarette up. But I sit there, take a big puff, and I blow circles, and she goes crazy on me. <laughs> <laughs> does, it, does it not bother you to have a, you know, not to no. be married to us, but having someone who smokes in the house? No. no? And I can still I can still do it where I can put the cigarette in backwards and blow the smoke out the filtered end. Or I even tried, uh, burnt my tongue, but I used to be able to take a butt of a cigarette and roll it on my tongue and bring it back out the other way. Because they say saliva doesn't burn, right? But no, it doesn't. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't really bother me that much. But you know, teach their own. Like she gets a little excited, and I said, "Have a cigarette. Put the window down in the car." Because mm. people have smoked in my car before. Whatever. You know, <laughs> I, I just don't. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't seem to phase me. No. Jed, so. thanks for the phone call. Always great to hear from you. You can call us at four nine six zero zero six three or text at six thirty six thirty. This text from Red Deer says, "Honest story. I was never going to be a smoker when everyone else was uh, starting between the ages of ten and fourteen. I had zero interest and was steadfast against it. Come to the very late age of eighteen, <laughs> me and a friend couldn't find a joint to buy. He convinced me that I'd catch a good buzz from a cigarette. I did. I wish we'd been able to find that joint because I've been smoking for fourteen years." Years now, desperate to quit, but it's so darn hard. Wow. And, you know, a couple of people suggesting that smoking is an acquired taste, and that's very true. I mean, put smoking aside for a second and think about the first coffee you ever had. Now, you know I like to have two, three coffees a day. Mm-hmm. Well, I remember that first coffee, and it tasted horrible. Yeah, it was bitter. Yeah, but it just seemed like um, the effects of it, though, were good. That you, I felt a little more alert, and, yeah. you know, the caffeine helped me get going in the morning. And you acquire a taste for it. And I think it's very similar to cigarettes. Those first few don't taste good. Then after a time, they taste great. Alf's on the phone. Hey, Alf, are you a smoker? Uh, cigars, yes. Cigars, okay. <laughs> but when I first, my first experience with a cigarette was when I was a teenager out at Fort Saskatchewan and with some buddies and we went off in the bush. And, and like yourself, I just, wow, made me dizzy and, mm-hmm. and almost made me sick and... That was the only time I had a cigarette. Um, oh, you've I, and you've never gone back to cigarettes? Not really, no. 
But you smoke uh, cigars, though. So uh, is it true you don't inhale you don't cigars? Inhale is cigars. that the idea? No, no. It's just, and it's nothing really. It's not even a, you know. So why smoke cigars then? What, what do you get from cigars? Uh, <laughs> good question. <laughs> it's just when I was some friends that were on the way to a hockey game uh, someplace, and we have a cigar along the way, just the two of us. Uh, but my son arranged for New Year's this year. Uh, he had two cigars and two cans of beer, and we just watched fireworks from where we were, and and uh, that was a man thing. But but no, cigarettes don't do anything for me. Huh. Yeah, I, I don't I don't get the cigar thing. I'm guessing it's the the smell and it's the flavor in your mouth. I guess. I Not really that. It's just something friends do. Okay. Yeah, I've, no I mean, real. I've certainly had cigars in circumstances that you're talking about, yeah. like you know, the end of a weekend at a club or something, and all the comics fire up a cigar out back of the club. It's a yeah. celebratory thing, right? Yeah, camaraderie type thing. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. Exactly. If I'm by myself, I don't. But. Okay. Thanks for the call, Alf. Appreciate it. So um, now that I think about it, I didn't like the taste of beer the first time either. Yeah, funny, huh? Yeah. Things change. I tried bum cigarettes for two weeks as a teen, not really starting, and had to decide to stop bumming and stop dabbling and start buying. I decided to stop trying before going down that road any further. Never for a minute have I regretted that decision. So, yeah, okay, am I going, am I going to stop bumming them? <laughs> I'm going to start buying them. Uh, more of your texts at 6.30, 6.30. Your phone calls Jason, Tony, Dan. We'll get to them right after this. It's a happy it's song. A happy totally it's in the title. It is. Totally makes it's sense. It's 248 talking about smoking. There was a study done out of the uh, Queen Mary's Wolfson Institute of Preventative Medicine, and uh, which suggests that uh, one just one hit off a cigarette is enough to get most people hooked on smoking. Mm-hmm. And again, not to be confused, that one hit off a cigarette means you go to a pack or two packs no. a day immediately. It just means that the majority of people who tried a cigarette did end up being daily smokers. Lots of texts coming in. People saying, man, I wish that I had never started smoking. Worst mistake of my life. Other folks saying, hey, you know what? I still love every minute of it. <laughs> every minute of it. Uh, let's start uh, here. Hi, Jason. Hey. Are you a smoker? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm a smoker. Yeah. Yeah, anyways, uh, I just wanted to tell a story of um, when I was uh, probably about 11 or 12, me and a friend were, uh, we rolled up some leaves in a newspaper, and we were we were smoking, like, pretending to smoke leaves in a newspaper, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. And anyway, uh, so my sister ended up uh, telling my dad about it, and as a punishment, I had to um, smoke cigarettes until I, until I threw up, all right? I smoked about seven cigarettes, um, and so I'm about to throw up. I tell him, my dad, okay, I'm going to get sick. He's sitting on the toilet. He doesn't move, and he makes me puke all over the floor, and then he makes me clean it up, and I'm feeling so sick and nauseous that I just went straight to bed, 
And I find out the, the next day that they went and ordered pizza. Oh. <laughs> really? See, I thought, yeah. it was, I thought you were going to say that you, since you were smoking leaves rolled up a newspaper that your dad was going to make you smoke the whole tree. <laughs> it, it, why did he make you smoke real cigarettes if you weren't even smoking real cigarettes? Uh, I think, you know, my sister probably told him that I was smoking yeah, real cigarettes. Yeah, sisters, eh? Or yeah. he wanted you to not start smoking, which oh, yeah. didn't work. I didn't touch him for years after that. Oh, yeah? Well, according to this survey, it was probably probably your dad that got you smoking then. Oh, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Think about that. Jason. You hear that, Dad? <laughs> Thanks oh, for the call, thank Jason. Thank you for calling. This text says, uh, being a preacher's kid, it was my duty to smoke. I did for 40 years, but quit five years ago at four packs a day. What? There isn't wow. even enough time to get to four packs a day. <sighs> that's just, that's a... That's, That's a, a lot yeah, of wow. smoking. Hi, Tony. How you doing, guys? Hi, good. good, buddy. How are you? All right. Good to hear your voice. You make my day. <laughs> nice to hear your voice, Tony. But anyway, he was talking to me. I smoked a cigar about, I think it was about 63 with my dad in a pub. And I didn't really want it. And I always thought it was being a man. So, But he made me smoke it to the end of it, plus the pint of beer. And I, I really got sick. And I quit after that. But I started actually smoking cigars when I come to Canada. And I like my pipe. I smoked my pipe for about, well, maybe up to close to 10 years. But And then one Saturday down, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, I was married then. I told my wife I'm going to quit. She said, you'll never quit. And I never smoked since. Huh. And it didn't even bother me. But, you know, nobody visits me because most of my friends smoke. And I don't like smoke in my house or even in my car. But if I go to their place, maybe have a beer, a glass of wine... I don't mind that because that's my choice. I don't have to go, and I can't neglect my friends, eh? Yeah, true. You can't do that. And the only thing I do don't like is when I come back, my my clothes mm -hmm. they smell a bit of a smoke, and mm -hmm. I, and I actually it makes me feel sick. Yeah, huh. yeah. You know, but I, people smoking around me, no, it doesn't bother me because I do have a choice. There you go, Tony. Thanks for thanks for the phone call. Appreciate it. You remember, you know, back in the days when you know at the bar, you'd go mm. to the bar and you'd just come home afterwards. And I guess maybe as a smoker, you might not have noticed it as much. But when you come home, you just smell. You have to take a shower before you go to bed because you can't stand the smell of yourself. Yeah, for sure. <sighs> Unless, of course, you were smoking. Yeah, right. Bar, bar day smoking. Hey, Dan. Dan. Dan in Drayton Valley. Oh. Hi, how are you? Hey, good. How are you guys today? Happy good. Blue Monday. Blue Monday. We're trying to make it happy, though. Very happy day today. So uh, my name's Daniel. I'm an addict. I've been smoking 27 years. Wow. And in, uh, going back to the context of this uh, research that was done, mm -hmm. it's not the one smoke or one puff that turns you into a smoker. It, it sneaks up on you. I've been a successful quitter <laughs> three times. And you always say, well, I'll just have that one smoke in the morning. That's my favorite one. Or the one before I go to bed. Or I'll only smoke when I drink. I can handle that. And it creeps up to you to all of a sudden, boom, you're a pack, pack and a half a day again. And you suffer with that. You suffer with that going through it when you're quitting. Right now, I'm successfully two months and 10 days into quitting. And I've mentally decided I am done. This is like, it I'm this done. time. Yeah. This is it. And it's, it's not a money thing. It's not even a health thing. I was just. I'm just done with it. And that's what's made it easier, which I think, and hopefully this time I'll be successful. But I think that uh, that little study is absolutely correct. Because if I, if I have one right now, I know I'll be done. I'll be back. Mm -hmm. So, Dan, um, how did you quit this time? Just cold turkey or are you uh, doing the patch? or? I did a combination of the pack and the gum. Okay. And uh, I've taken myself off the pack 
off the uh, off the patch, and I'm sitting with the gum right now, the two milligram. I probably eat about four or five pieces a day, hmm. and that's where it's kind of sitting. Right. Hopefully, I'll be able to get off the gum as well. Yeah. Because my jaws are starting to hurt. Right. <laughs> you're, always, you're, huh. you're grinding on that gum like crazy. Like when you get the. I got to get that nicotine out of it. It gets pretty funny sometimes. You know, I don't want to be a hypocrite because, of course, I smoke right now. But I did quit for two years. And what I found, uh, just a helpful tip to you, also avoid those situations where you typically always had a cigarette. So whether it was sitting in front of the computer or it was with your morning coffee or whatever, change your routine. Whatever you associate with cigarettes, don't do that just for a while till you break those habits, too. Isn't it crazy how you have to find your identity without a cigarette? I know. I know. Like I've, I've said before, I gave up online gaming. I used to play hearts all the time, and I gave it up because you reach for a cigarette as soon as you log on. And I think some people miss you. You end up feeling like you're missing out on, like, there's a social aspect of it, you know, go, meeting out in front of the office yeah. or whatever with the other people, having a 10 minute break, talking, catching up on stuff, for or, sure. or whatever it is. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's crazy that, chi- that the Chinese companies that are giving their workers an extra week yep. off a year because yep. of productivity, right? And when you look at that, I have this app on my phone that records my stats, you know, how many cigarettes I haven't smoked, how much time I've spent not smoking. And after two months, like, it's a staggering amount mm-hmm. of time I've spent not smoking if you average, say, one smoke takes you five minutes to sucker back, right? In two months, I have gained 90 hours. Are you feeling, 90 hours. Are you feeling better, Dan? Oh, yeah, feeling yeah. way better. Yeah, ball awesome. hockey's going good, and, you know, I can climb my backyard uh, Toboggan Hill now without hopping and popping. So, I mean, that aspect feels great. You bet. Awesome, uh, Dan. Thanks you, Dan. for the phone call. Keep it up, yeah, all right? best of luck, buddy. Thanks very much. Dan out in Drayton Valley. Awesome to hear from him. Uh, years ago, due to peer pressure, I tried smoking. I smoked a couple of packs, but I never developed a taste for it. I gave it up as a bad habit and I haven't looked back. That's from Dudley. Was if, 32, quit chewing tobacco and started smoking. Uh, yeah, that chewing tobacco is something another, else uh, too, yeah. eh? Uh, by the numbers, if you're wondering, according to Stats Canada, 16.9% of Canadians aged 12 and older, so that's about 5.2 million people, smoke right now either daily or occasionally. That was uh, in 2016, which is a slight decline from 17.7% the year before. And smoking was least common among uh, youth aged 12 to 17 at only 3 followed by adults 65 and older, which was at 9.5%. The group who smoked the most were men between 20 and 34 years of age. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.